Hello, Hawks fans, and welcome to another episode of the Kettlecast with your host, Forrest Willoughby. On this episode of the Cast, we'll be talking about the Hawks' 115-112 win over the Orlando Magic. After the Magic thoroughly outplayed the Hawks in the first half, the Hawks used some scintillating shooting in the second half to come all the way back and get a thrilling win in Orlando. Without further ado, let's get into it. That is how you go into the All-Star break. The Hawks have zero people participating in any All-Star events as of right now. But they were able to get two wins back-to-back at the end of this road trip and go into the All-Star break at 16-20. and 20. And while 16-20 and 20 is certainly not where they wanted to be, it was really fun to see this Hawks team get down early and then use a wonderful second half, especially shooting the three ball, come all the way back and get a win. I think it was an important win for the Hawks. Again, they had not strung any uh, set of wins together. They had had a lot of win one, lose one, win one, lose two. But it was really nice to see them not only get two wins back-to-back, but actually get a win in a back-to-back series. Um, they had Hawks had not performed well on the second night of back-to-backs at all this season. It had taken all the way up to that Boston game to get their first win on a back-to-back, and so to finish the first half of the season getting a win in Miami with a really awesome fourth quarter and then follow that up and really back it up with another really amazing win against the Orlando Magic um, and have another great fourth quarter to take the game in Orlando. It's just just great. The Hawks had a really uh, a set of really awesome performances from, frankly, all of the starters. Trey Young has to be mentioned first. He played 35 minutes. I do think one thing that Nate McMillan has really done a good job of is limiting Trey Young's minutes and also getting him some rest uh, on the first half of the fourth quarter. And so Trey didn't have to come back in until uh, about seven minutes to go in the game. But Trey Young played 35 minutes. He was 9 of 19 from the field, 4 of 7 on three-pointers, hit 10 of 11 uh, free throws for 32 points. One interesting note on this game is that free throw that Trey missed where he was 10 of 11, was the only free throw missed by either team. Um, He had four rebounds, eight assists, two steals, and only two turnovers. Um, It was funny, after the game, Trey Young's dad tweeted out he was so proud of his son, and the thing that made him most proud was the pass he made to uh, Tony Snell in the corner for a three-pointer that ultimately um, put the Hawks ahead for the first time in the game. The Hawks didn't get their first lead until there was – a minute to go in the fourth quarter, and that came off that pass from Trey Young. Um, and Trey Young was just able to really control what the Hawks were doing on the offensive side of the ball. And despite having a rough start of the night defensively, the Magic really made an effort of having Michael Carter Williams, who had a really nice game for the Magic, just go straight as Trey Young. And MCW is a much bigger guard than Trey Young is, and uh, MCW was really able to bludgeon the Hawks and get to the rim to the tune of 20 points, but Trey never never faltered and, in fact, um, really helped the Hawks get into a rhythm in the second half and have all their shots fall. So a really strong performance from Trey Young. Danilo Gallinari played 39 minutes. That was a team high. And the Hawks got news that Clint Capella wouldn't play in this game kind of right before game the game started. And uh, Gallinari was entered into the starting lineup and ultimately down the stretch had the tough job of guarding Nikola Vucevic. Vucevic had a wonderful game. 
He was 10 of 21 from the field, 2 of 8 from 3, 7 of 7 from the free throw line for 29 points. He had 9 rebounds and 3 assists and a block. But Danilo did a really good job of forcing all of Vucevic's shots to be tough and contested, especially in the fourth quarter. Vucevic had a couple of little push shots around the basket that were within, I would say, 5 to 10 feet that uh, he was contested, but it looked like he'd probably make it, and they spun out. But the Hawks weren't letting Vooch get anything easy, especially in that second half. The Hawks were doing a good job of having either Kevin Herter or another Hawk come over and double-team Vucevic, and uh, they had some steals where they were able to knock the ball away from Vucevic on those double-team dig downs, and it was really nice to have Danilo, you know, really play strong defense. Um, He played so well that after the game, Jerome Jarinovich said, you can't spell Danilo without the D. And uh, it was a really nice performance on the defensive end from Gallinari. But we all know that Gallinari's worth is really on the offensive side of the ball, and there he did not disappoint. He was 8 of 18 from the field, 5 of 10 from three-point land. It was really nice to see Danilo get his three-point shot going. He had not been quite as effective after that 10 three-point performance against Boston. And for him to be 5 of 10 was really strong. He ended the night with 23 points, 9 rebounds, 6 assists, 2 steals, and a block. Really nice block on a driving Magic player. And he blocked it. it. The ball went off of the Magic player, and that turned out to be the Hawks' ball. So really nice performance from Danilo. Uh, John Collins only played 25 minutes. The Hawks were plus 14 when John Collins was on the court. He was 4 of 11, 3 of 6 from 3-point land. Was four of fourteen from the field, or four of four from free throw from the free throw line. Excuse me, for fifteen points, he had nine rebounds. Kevin Herter played thirty-two minutes. He was three of seven from three-point land, thirteen points, had six rebounds, three assists. Kevin Herter has really started to figure out that if his three ball isn't working, he can dribble into the paint and elevate for his jumper at any time. I think that's a big weapon for Kevin Herter. And one of the big shots in the game was. In the fourth quarter, Herter got uh, the ball either off a turnover or a long rebound, dribbled right up the court. None of the Magic stepped up to defend him, and Herter just walked into a three-pointer. He is so good when he is um, doing what Kevin Kyle Korver used to do and just hunt his three-point shot. And so I would like to see Kevin continue to show that aggression. Finally, Tony Snell. W- what a joy and what a pickup for the Hawks that Tony Snell has been. He played 34 minutes. 4 of 5 shooting, 3 of 4 from 3-point land, 11 points, 3 rebounds, 3 assists, a block. And, you know, none none of his shots were bigger than that corner 3 that put the Hawks up for the first time. The Hawks got some nice contributions from their bench. Bogdan, Bogdan Bogdanovich had another good game. He played. He, his minutes were up to 20 minutes, which was good to see. He was 3 of 8 from the field. He had a big 3-pointer in the fourth quarter. Um, that was his only three. He had nine points, two rebounds, and an assist. He would have had another assist, but Aneka Kangu wasn't quite ready for his pass. Um, but it was a good performance from Bogdanovich. Solomon Hill hit two threes. Rajan Rondo had two points, four assists. Um, Bruno Fernando got a little bit of playing time. I don't know that he earned any subsequent playing time after his stint, but the Hawks were trying anything in that first half to try to slow down Nikola Vucevic. Um, and then Aneka Kongu played 13 minutes. He didn't score, but he did have four rebounds um, and continues to look more and more confident out on the court. It was a really weird game. Again, that first half, it really looked like the Hawks, you know, had played that tough game in Miami, gotten that win, came into Orlando. In that first half, the Hawks just looked a step slow. They didn't look like they were quite as engaged. 
and Orlando was just shooting the ball extremely well. That first half, the Hawks shot 39% of the field, while Orlando shot 50%. And on three-pointers, the Hawks shot 6 of 21 compared to the Orlando's 7 of 18. Orlando shot 6 of 11 on threes in the first quarter. It felt like they could not miss. And they even got players like Kim Birch, who has only hit four three-pointers in his career to hit a three-pointer. MCW, who I previously talked about having a good game with those 20 points, he hit two of two threes. He is not known as any sort of sharpshooter. And, of course, Terrence Ross, noted Hawks hater, um, just had a nice game as well. Terrence Ross really carried the the magic a lot of this game. He played over 40 minutes. He was 9 of 17 from the field, hit 4 of 9 threes. He had a four-point play in this game, um, ended the game with 28 points, five rebounds, three assists, and he ultimately missed the last shot of the game that would have given the magic the lead with under – you know, a second to go, but Terrence Ross has always been very good against the Hawks and he did not disappoint in this game. It was just, it looked like the Hawks were down 42 to 61 at halftime. And frankly, it was just like, okay, the Hawks have run out of gas. They're trying to get to this all-star break and get some rest. They didn't have Clint Capella. They don't have Cam Reddish. They don't have DeAndre Hunter. Let's just get to the all-star break, get everybody rested up and healthy. And then we'll continue on this second um, second half of the season and hopefully get into the playing game or something. But the Hawks came out and they just played with a different set of energy in the third and fourth quarters. They were hitting their three-point shots. Um, in the third quarter, the Hawks shot 50% from the field, over 50% from three-point land. And then in the fourth quarter, they shot 52% from the field. The Hawks shot 69% from three in the fourth quarter. Um, between those, In the second half, the Hawks were 15 of 24 on their threes. And they were just getting good looks, moving the ball. The ball movement the last couple games, there's been at least one possession in both in Miami and Orlando where the Hawks have moved the ball all the way around to the horn to the open player. And whether it was John Collins or Kevin Herter, that player has drained the three. Um, and the Hawks just wouldn't be denied. Again, the uh, Magic were up 19 at different points in this game. The Magic were up 16 with six minutes to go in this game. Like, the Hawks had made some runs, but the Magic seemed to answer every single time. Um, But the Hawks would not go away. They kept pushing, kept pushing, kept hitting three-pointers. The few misses that the Hawks had in the fourth quarter, they were able to secure those offensive boards and find another shooter. And it was just really a big joy to watch to see the Hawks applying some pressure to a different team rather than being the team that is kind of being chased down. So um, it was just an awesome, awesome performance. Some of these fourth-quarter stats, the Hawks had uh, seven players hit a three-pointer in the fourth quarter. Tony Snell hit two threes in the fourth quarter. John Collins had a three. Gallinari had a three. Herter had a three. Trey Young had two three-pointers. And then both Bogdanovich and Hill each had one three-pointer. The Hawks were 9 of 13 in that fourth quarter on three-pointers. And it was just, you know, to come back and have a really big comeback in your last game before the all-star break was huge the eastern conference is so bunched up right now about two or three games separate fourth place all the way down to 13th place in the east and so for the hawks to get a big win in orlando their only game in orlando this season and one where they kind of looked dead but were able to fight all the way back and then you know take their first lead with a minute 10 to go the magic came down they got a nice shot at the rim that missed out And then Vucevic put it right back, and so the Hawks are down again. 
They get the ball to Trey Young. Trey Young goes to the basket and he gets fouled. MCW fouls out. Trey Young hits two free throws with eight seconds to go, and then the Hawks are able to hold on. John Collins just does a nice job of challenging the shot that uh, Terrence Ross gets. It was actually a pretty nice um, after a timeout out-of-bounds play by the Magic. They got it to Terrence Ross. He got going downhill. Um, didn't make it all the way to the basket, a little bit of floater range, but John Collins steps up and challenges the shot, and then he's able to get back and secure the rebound and then hit two free throws that ultimately, you know, the difference in the game is 115 to 112, three points. Um, so just really gutty win for the Hawks and one that they now have won two games in a row underneath um, Nate McMillan in his uh, first two games as the head coach. So just really strong performances. It's it's wonderful to see the starting lineup play so well. And it's really good to see a team, you know, get down, not get down, but be down at halftime and not lose any fight and really play well in the third quarter. Uh, the Hawks scored 36 points in the third quarter and 37 points in the fourth quarter. But again, while they were doing such a good job playing on offense, the Magic didn't just go away. The Hawks didn't build any double-digit leads or anything. The Magic continued to hold a lead, and the Hawks would get it within four, and the Magic would push it back up to 12, or the Hawks would get it to 11, and the Magic would push it back up to 16. And um, The Hawks just kept coming. They did not let any of that get them down, and ultimately that big three-pointer by Tony Snell um, and then big shots by uh, Trey Young and John Collins would just be the difference in the game. So really big for the Hawks to end that road trip after a tough loss by the to the Thunder and tough loss in that first game against the Heat to then come back and win the next two games. It's just it's really, really encouraging and something that I hope that the Hawks are able to you know, take some momentum into the All-Star break. Again, there are no Hawks per participating in any of the events um, in the All-Star weekend. So all the Hawks are get a little bit of time off, and then their next game won't be until next Thursday against the Raptors in Tampa Bay. Of course, Tampa is where the Raptors are playing this season. So they get a lot of time off. Nate McMillan said after the game that the Hawks won't have any practices till Wednesday. And he's hoping that all the Hawks players will be back and doing their own thing on Monday. But the Hawks get a nice stretch of time off, I think much deserved. There was also an update on uh, Chris Dunn where it looks like the Hawks are expecting him to be back at the end of March. So the Hawks are suddenly starting to get a little bit of health, healthier, get some reserves back. Obviously, Bogdan Bogdanovich being back is a huge boost off the bench. The Hawks were able to outscore Um the Orlando Magic off the bench, twenty-one to fifteen, and uh, you know it just it, it adds a little bit more uh, comfort and just doesn't put as much pressure on the rest of the starters when you start having really quality guys behind them. But real gutty one fifteen to one twelve win by the Atlanta Hawks again moves them up to sixteen and twenty. Hopefully they can continue to string some wins together, and uh, we will be covering the All Star Weekend and hopefully. Uh, you know, the Hawks will start off the second part of the season with a win in Tampa. Go Hawks! Thank you for catching this episode of the KettleCast. You can reach me at kettlecast at gmail.com. Go Hawks!